Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the small biz lady, America's number one small business expert. Now, the whole mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. We're all about helping people get peer-to-peer advice in a comfortable setting, so nobody feels stupid asking a question on Small Biz Chat. The reason why we do this is because we want to get you guys an up-close and personal access to some of the top small business experts in the country. And tonight's show is absolutely no exception. And we're really excited tonight because tonight's show is being sponsored by Mixmag. And let me tell you a little bit about Mixmag. It is a marketing automation tool that works on top of Gmail. So if you're like me, you use Google Calendar, you use Google Voice, and you use Gmail for your business, Mixmag goes right on top of it. It shows you when people open your emails, it lets you email people your availability. So you don't do that all back and forth thing, you know, trying to tell people when you can meet with them. And it's a great way for you to automate emails to go out. So check out Mixmax.com. They've got a free trial. Check it out. And that's M-I-X-M-A-X.com. I want to introduce my guest. Ellen Rohr, and Ellen is the owner of Zoom Drain and Sewer Franchising. She's a Ziegler Certified Legacy Trainer and the author of some unfussy business books, including Where Did the Money Go and The Weekend Business Plan. You can learn more about Ellen at ellenroar.com. But I just want to give you a quick disclaimer. Ellen is one of the funniest and best business <laughs> I first met her, she was marketing herself as the plumber's wife, and that's how she learned so much about numbers. And I am so excited to have you, Ellen, here with us tonight. I love you. I'm honored to be here, and I love you. I'm going to learn something from you tonight. I always do. (laughs) Well, I can't wait to learn more from you. So let's get down to it. Let's talk about those pesky financial reports. You know what I'm talking about that cash flow statement, that balance sheet, and what's the last one? Up oh, that statement of cash flow. The one that, excuse me. The P, excuse me, the P&L. Balance yeah. sheet, P&L, and statement of cash flow. Who has time for all that? I mean, we know we're supposed to be looking at that stuff every month, but you and I both know, and Donna Maria can amen to us back in the choir too, that there's people that don't look at that stuff. But, but tell me, what is the bare minimum that business owners need to know to be responsible over the finances of their business? Well, there's no judgment and only love here as I share what I've learned. But once upon a time, as the plumber's wife, I quit my real job. I went to work with my husband, the plumber. I have a college degree. I had a lot of business experience. I thought it would be easy. I would count the money, hit turn wrenches, and we would get rich. And none of that happened. None of that happened. Instead, we went into debt and we were hating on each other. And and my experience is not unique. There's so many mom-pop shops, couples, partners who go into business together and then it really wreaks havoc on their relationship. And I was the poster child for disaster. So for me, what happened is 
I was in debt up to my eyeballs. I had no money. I was absolutely willing to go out of business, but I wasn't willing to live that life anymore. And that point of pain is what caused me to take the steps I needed to become good enough at the financials. All right. So I found a mentor and that's why we're here tonight. You know, no one is successful on their own. You believe in mentorship. You're always doing loving, kind things to help a sister or brother out. And so I found a great mentor and he taught me this. And if you remember one thing from tonight, you have to charge more than it costs to stay in business, to make money you deserve. You got to charge more than it costs. But for me and for many others, I didn't know how much it cost. I had no idea because I wasn't looking at those reports. So how much time do you have to spend? Well, at first, until you get your arms around the balance sheet, the profit and loss, and then the statement of cash flow is a bit of a mashup of the two. You know, until you get to that point, you might have to study up. Like if you were going to learn to play golf, you'd have to take golf lessons, you get a golf pro, you'd hang out with golfers, same thing. You might find a mentor, you might find a I love young people, a young progressive bookkeeper who's going to get you started. And at first you might spend some time, but literally right now, Melinda, I have my family fortune, my business, Zoom Drain franchise, 11 franchisees. And I pay attention to all of those companies in minutes a week, minutes a week, because does that make sense? It does, (laughs) but you need to break that on down to me. How in the world do you pay attention to you know, 15 different entities in minutes. Well, the, 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 the first part is getting to what I call a known financial position. So that means you know where you stand financially. And I hold that the highest standard is literally running the balance sheet and the profit and loss on a weekly basis. Now, start with a monthly basis. Start with getting your taxes done for 2018, right? You know, start, start getting better now. But ultimately, if you are, you know, just paying attention to the few things that matter, simplify your chart of accounts, simplify the balance sheet and profit and loss. So the balance sheet fits on one page, the profit and loss fits on a page and a half. Boil down the the numbers you're looking at for starters. Most people make this way too complicated and you are going to need some help. You're going to need someone who's been through this before. I think my very best piece of advice is to find a business owner who struggled with this, someone with whom you don't compete, Meet them at the BNI meeting, meet them at the mixer, at the association. You're going to be visiting with 300 businesswomen tomorrow. You know, encourage those folks to talk to each other. Who here has figured this out? Glom onto the person who has and sit elbow to elbow to start to understand what's a balance sheet, what's a profit and loss, loss your asset from your elbow. That's going to take some time. You might need to spend a few hours a week until you get to that point. But now, because my, my companies are all simple and streamlined, and I look at the numbers so often, I can spot something that's weird quite quickly. So I'm just saying for encouragement, it's not always going to be hours a week. Later on, it's going to be minutes a week. I get it. I get it. Now, you say that the balance sheet is the most confusing. Why is that? Yeah, most people understand a profit and loss. By the way, it's called a profit and loss or an income statement. And I don't know why they use multiple words for the same things just to confuse you. QuickBooks calls it a profit and loss. So let's use that or a P&L. Okay, so the profit and loss is pretty straightforward. Sales minus expenses equals what's left over. And if it's a positive number, it's a profit. And that's good. People can get their arms around that. Now, the balance sheet's a little weirder, but it's the more important report. The balance sheet shows what you have, that's your assets, 
and then what you owe liabilities and what you own. And it's actually based on an equation. What you have, your assets, equals who lays claim to those assets. Pretty interesting. So think of it this way. For your home, for, for your personal fortune, you could have a balance sheet. The asset, for instance, would be your home. Suppose you spent $500,000 on your home. And then equals your mortgage, 400000 which means you have equity of 100000 So what you have, what you owe, what you own, these are good things to know. We only have a little time, but I'm just teasing you with like, it's not that hard. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Now, here's here's my biggest beef, though, when it comes Mm -hmm. to numbers, Ellen. People confuse revenue and profit. Well, let's let's define the terms again. Revenue, sales, income, three words that mean essentially the same thing. I know, it's weird. All of those refer to total sales, like all the money that's coming into your your company. Then there's expenses, labor, materials, uh, computers, pencils, cars, uh, all that. Legal, marketing, yeah. And the number one expense is usually the people, should be. All right, so all those expenses and then what's left over is profit. Profit, if it's a positive number, it's a loss if it's a negative number. Now, if you're paying attention every week, if you're paying attention every month, you can make changes in your behavior to make sure you operate at a profit. And if you operate at a profit, you don't dig a big pile of debt. If you operate at a loss, you're going to go into debt. Mathematically, it's the only thing you can do. This is, business is not that hard. And if you will get your arms around some of these basics, you'll make better decisions. Now, profit often gets confused for cash. So just because I sold this much and these are my expenses and this is what's left over, that number may not equal what I have in the bank account. And that gets a little tricky too. Because they may not have paid you yet. You might have that cash stuck in accounts receivable. Or you might have already turned around and used that cash to buy something else. So profits and cash, you know, the the few numbers that make all the difference, the two numbers that I watch like a hawk every week, What am I making a profit? And do I have enough in cash to pay my bills? Isn't this easy? Like, I mean, is that that hard? Didn't you know that already? And I don't pay attention to a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Well, listen, did I make money and do I have enough cash to pay my bills? That's something to about. good to know every, every, every week. That's, that's a good thing to be concerned about. Now, how does one, I know that we need to get people more focused on profit. Yeah. People focus on revenue. You focus on sales. I'm like, Mm-mm. let's, how do we get people to hyper focus on profit? Like what is the right way to do that? Okay, so if if you're a sports person, think of it like offense and defense. Offense is sales. Offense is sales. What do I got to do to make more on the top line? Revenue. And then defense is controlling expenses. What do I not waste money on? What could I wait till next month to buy? Right? So you're going to make decisions every day as to what's going to increase sales and what's going to control expenses. Now, with sales playing offense, I ask people all the time. They say, well, you know, people don't want to pay my prices, so I have to keep lowering the price, to which I will respond, have you ever taken a sales class, like taken a class on how to sell better? And they say no. Now, if you wanted to play golf, 
you would take a lesson at some point if you stunk at golf. So if you stink at sales, if you can't get your prices, if you're not selling, if you're getting a lot of no's, a sales class is a really great idea. I mean, none of this is that challenging. So quit making it fancier than it has to be. You got to sell at the right price. How do you know how much you have to charge? Well, if you're paying attention to your balance sheet and profit and loss and you're not making any money, you could raise your prices. Top line gets higher, expenses stay the same, and you'll make more money. Ah, It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Listen, Ellen, I'm going to put a pin in that. We're going to go to a commercial break, but when we come back, we are going to talk about Profit First and a lot more. I'm Melinda Emerson, and we will be right back. Since we implemented MixMax, our uh, open rates are 86%, our reply rates are 52%, and our RSVP yes rates, 41%. My advice for other companies interested in MixMax is definitely go for it. Uh, it's also a really easy onboarding process. It's very user-friendly. It's easy to get in there. Uh, I wish we had started using it a lot sooner, and it's, it's made my life much, much easier. We have just been talking with Ellen Rohr. She is the founder and owner of Zoom Drain and Sewer Franchising. And she is a great small business expert. She's a she's a money lady. And I love, I love money, honey. Let me tell you. So we are so excited to have Ellen back with us. Now, Ellen, you know, in my book, Fix Your Business, I had an opportunity to inter interview our good friend Mike McCallowitz. And he talks about how, in addition to understanding you know, your profit and loss and profit and all this stuff that you need to have a profit first account. Can you talk to us about that and what that is and how people should be thinking about that? Yep, yep, yep. Love Mike McCallowitz. He's spot on great. I'm glad we're mutual friends with him. So his, his basic concept is to pay yourself first, to pay yourself first. And if you wait until you've made all those other expenses, you might neglect to pay yourself. And it's a very good discipline. So what he suggests is that you actually take maybe 10% off of every payment that someone makes to you and you squirrel it away. Now, what I would suggest is that you literally move that money from one checking account to a savings account or to another account so that you literally... Our, 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 our financial, your, your bank accounts match what you have in QuickBooks. In other words, just don't make a phony baloney accounting move, but literally make a deposit into that other account. And then when you reconcile your checking accounts every, every month, they're going to be true. Like I want those numbers on my QuickBooks to be real. And so yes, 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 I'm profit person. Go that extra mile to actually set up those accounts that he's recommending. Love him. Okay, I completely agree with you. Now, I know you talked earlier about how people can get a mentor to help them learn about their numbers, but I didn't have a mentor to teach me about the numbers. I actually hired a really seasoned bookkeeper who taught me how to understand the numbers in my business way back in the day. It was 20 years ago. But now, if somebody has a little budget and, and they want to get some professional accounting help, what should they do? Well, I, at first, when I was so broke, I literally could not afford to pay an accountant. So I got an accounting program. I read the little primer. It took me way too long to learn it, mostly because I was like, I'm too creative. I shouldn't have to do this. All that nonsense. And when I finally just buckled down and learned how to do some data entry myself, I realized it wasn't that big a deal. Then 
when I could afford an accountant and it had everything to do with raising my prices, I worked with her and I said, I could do the day-to-day, you could check my work. Then I hired somebody. But going through that process, when I didn't have any money, actually learning enough about the bookkeeping to know what was happening, I cannot be bamboozled. And that is a brilliant place to be. So if you have to learn it yourself, it's not that you don't have to do it forever. And you will not regret having learned that. All right. Well, we got to we have to wrap up soon. But I wanted to ask you, what is the best borrowing advice you can give? a small business owner? Because a lot of times, you know, it's one thing to be making money, but what if you need more money? What is the best borrowing advice you can give? I'm going to move fast. I'm going to say two things. One is um, don't borrow money to pay yourself. Sorry, that's not how it works. You could borrow money for a vehicle or equipment and a secured loan like that is going to be much easier to get because they could come and take that vehicle or that equipment. You're probably more likely to get that loan. You might need to borrow some money in order to make some marketing investments. However, I'm a bootstrapper man. I like to sell something, sell it for more than it costs, and use that money to fund my company. Now, having having said that, if you do need more, you're manufacturing, you need a line of credit, you've got you do have some legit reasons for borrowing a little more money, have your banker help you. What are you looking for on my balance sheet that you don't see? What do these ratios need to be for you to say yes? Your banker can really help you understand what they need so that you can get that loan. I'm working with one of my franchisees right now for an SBA loan, and we're having that exact conversation. What do you need to say yes? And then we can massage the numbers and and, and work to get those. I'm not talking about fake numbers. I'm, you know, to change the numbers so that you can say yes to a loan. All right. Well, Ellen, that was really, really helpful. All right, you guys, I thank you so very much. And this would not be possible tonight without our wonderful sponsor, Mixmax. If you use Gmail, you need Mixmax. And I'm just saying it like that because that's what I use for my business. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. I am Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, your host. Until next time, remember that you never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Belinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.